Okay, so let's talk about The Courier. This is a Cold War espionage thriller. Uh, it's based on the true story of Greville Wynne, who was this travelling salesman from England who did a lot of business in Eastern Europe in the 1950s and was enlisted by MI6 in 1960 to smuggle Soviet secrets uh, from Moscow to London from their best mole inside the Khrushchev regime uh, under the auspices of going out there on business trips. Now, the, the premise for this film is it's sort of vaguely reminiscent of Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies in that you have someone who is very definitely not a government agent working as a sort of clandestine go-between. Uh, though obviously in this case, loyalties are much more clearly drawn. So the Soviets have no idea of, of Greville's true purpose. He's not there as a negotiator. He's there purely to ferry the secrets in and out of the country from under their noses. Uh, now, the whole point of the mission is that MI6 are choosing someone like Greville who the Soviets will never suspect. And uh, so they alight on this guy who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch in probably my favourite performance of his since Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, here is uh, Mr Cumberbatch having a very one-sided conversation with Angus Wright and Rachel Brosnahan's MI6 and CIA agents over lunch in which he very gradually cottons on uh, to who these people actually are and what they might be asking him to do. Forgive me, I'm just a bit... Sorry, James, I know you said you had an office in the Board of Trade, but is it possible you actually work at a different branch of Her Majesty's government? Oh my. This is unexpected. I'm sorry, I, I don't understand why. I'm, I'm, I'm just a salesman. And to that, Rachel Brosnan replies, exactly. Now, I think you can tell from that clip alone why this Cumberbatch performance is so good. Um, but th th there's another moment that perhaps crystallises it even more powerfully. So early in the film, he answers the phone by saying his name. And it's one of those perfect line readings that tells you everything you need to know about the character in one go. It's just this kind of Greville win. There's a kind of a sing-song playfulness to it also, but also this degree of hesitance, I think. It's as if he's not sort of yet worked out in life. You know, the guy's in his 40s, but he's not yet quite settled on just how seriously he wants to be taken as a person, or perhaps even how seriously he takes uh, himself. And it, this this kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Robert Donat in The 39 Steps. So he's this unassuming, companionable, unthreateningly suave figure, this classic Alfred Hitchcock-style wrong man in every respect but one, which is that in this film, he is actually the right man. Um, it's directed by Dominic Cook, who's this veteran of the, the theatre, former artistic director of the Royal Court, uh, who's actually making his second foray into, into film directing here. He directed the, that, that slightly faltering adaptation of On Chesil Beach in 2018. Um, and barring this interesting tonal swerve towards the end, which we'll come to, uh, The Courier is mostly made in this very classical, old-fashioned style, which pairs really nicely with Cumberbatch's very classical, old-fashioned performance. It's not this big... Uh, otter, grotty delve into mid-century style like Bridge of Spies or Thomas Alfredson's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but it does have this very convincing Lacari-like feel to it throughout. Um, this comes across really powerfully when Greville first arrives in Moscow, and he makes contact with his source, uh, Oleg Pankovsky, who's brilliantly played by Merab Nanidze. Um, the two men's initial conversation does feel like this faltering flirtation in this very Lacari-like way. Um, 
they're only able to finally come semi-clean with one another about who they are when they go down into this shadowy alleyway with these anonymous figures obliviously going about their lives and the overlooking apartment windows. Or are they just going about their lives? Or are they spying? You know, Pinkowski says, I've dreamed of this moment for a very long time. And he compliments Greville on his tie clip, which is this surreptitious signal that he's been given by MI6 to show that, you know, these two men are batting for the same side, as it were. And Greville's married to a uh, loving, understanding yet weary Sheila, who's played by Jesse Buckley. But it's his relationship with Pinkowski, who's codenamed Ironbark, uh, that's at the very heart of the film. And there's a sense really beautifully created between the two actors that Greville sees Pinkowski as a client who becomes more of a trusted friend over the course of their relationship and ferrying these secrets out of the country. And that bond of personal loyalty is as powerful a motivating factor, I think, in Greville's actions uh, as is averting nuclear disaster. Um, Pinkowski's also got his own torn loyalties. He's, you know, obviously loyal to his country as he's part of the Soviet regime, but also to his principal and to his family. That's also played really nicely by Nunezi. Um he always looks his performance makes him look as if he's always trying his very hardest not to look guilty and he's just a great piece of casting even even down to and this is going to sound like the most trivial silly detail imaginable but in the context of the film it works beautifully um the actor Nunite has this um small but quite prominent mole on on, on his forehead and this kind of feels like this uncontrollable physiognomical tell like this guy is the mole it's literally written on his face and he's this, this sense that he's, you know, he's a marked man. He's kind of going to be identified at any moment, plays beautifully into kind of the building uh, air of paranoia that builds up around this mission. Uh, they have great scenes together. There are two visits to the ballet that work as these clever psychological pivot points in the film uh, that are kind of like these clandestine dates on which they go on, in which realisations are made about the gravity of what's happening and, and, and the threat around them. So I mentioned this tonal shift earlier, where when, when the mission starts to, to go awry, that classical polish that we become used to starts to fade away, and it's replaced by this uh, much starker, menacing uh, contemporary visual style that really hammers home how high and dire the stakes have become for both of those men in the assignment. And it's during that final stretch of the film that Jesse Buckley is able to um, develop the role of Sheila from this faithful spouse stereotype into essentially the conscience of the film. And it's kind of like an, it, what Claire Foy does in First Man. You know, we know the stay-at-home wife character. This is an established stereotype in these films uh, about great men who go on to do great things. But there is much more going on here. And this character has a um, her own very distinct perspective on this mission and its significance and to what it means to, to, to Greville and to the family unit as a whole and to the world at large. Um, and by doing that, the film starts to feel more morally scouring in this modern way than it perhaps could have been had it stuck to that very uh, stayed in the best possible way Hitchcockian style that it begins with. Um, the suffering of, of Cumberbatch in those later scenes is far more vivid than a more throwback filmmaking style would allow, for example. Um, and it matters to us because that core bond between Cumberbatch and Ninidze matters. You know, they establish that. And with that relationship uh, completely, you know, viable, completely moving, uh, completely worth investing in, all of the rest of the, you know, what's important about this thriller, the stakes and everything else just kind of falls beautifully into place.